Hey guys, welcome to the LT Brings the Heat podcast. We're your hosts, Sean Laird and Adam Heisler, where we talk about baseball and sports performance. With topics ranging from coaching, business, and player development, our goal is to bring you a no BS approach to development in baseball and sports performance. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's rock and roll. Hey guys, welcome to the episode of LT Brings the Heat. We're your host, Sean Laird and Adam Heisler. Um, Special episode today. Um, we've got Keegan Curtis and Ryan Garten, uh, two two professional pitchers that have uh, been doing this for a long period of time. Uh, part one of this, we started talking about weighted balls. We started talking about the acclim- uh, you know training, you know the acclimation or acc- accumulation of being able to do it, learning why you should be, you know, making sure you're doing assessments and making sure you're taking care of your body. We're going to kind of treat this as if we don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, you know, which I essentially is us- usual, right, Adam? That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to listen to these guys and kind of get their experience because, you know, I, I, Adam obviously knows these guys uh, more than me. we got a nice Sunbelt connection here today. All, the, all, all of us played in the Sunbelt, so it's, it's pretty cool to kind of get some experience. But uh, we'll kind of rotate back and forth with the questions and, and kind of get what you guys, are, you guys are thinking about weighted balls and, and development of pitchers and maybe things you've done in the past versus what you're doing now. Um, but I'll kind of start with you, Keegan, man. So how's everything going with you, buddy? Uh, man, everything's going good. Uh, you can't complain. Uh, you know, just taking it day by day, you know me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, with you, when it comes to weighted baseball training and, and stuff that you've done, and we kind of talked about this a little bit when we had you on the podcast before, but kind of where was your stance on, on weighted balls and when did you actually start util- utilizing them in your training regimen? Uh, my stance on weighted balls, I was always kind of uh, skeptical at first. Uh, because, uh, you know, I've, you know, everybody hears about, you know, people getting hurt and different things like that whenever they start to use weighted balls. Um, I first got introduced to weighted balls my uh, senior year of college by a guy named Joel Mangrum. Um, and he really uh, was, was kind of like the stepping stone for me when it comes to using the weighted baseballs. Uh, he, you know, he really showed us how to – you know, some days, you know, it's high intent, you know, other days it's a lower intent type of deal. Uh, you know, it's definitely not every day you're going out there just ripping them as hard as you can, uh, you know, because you obviously want your body and your arm to recover and be able to bounce back. Uh, but on the more, so I'm getting, you know, I'm getting more into it, uh, you know, now with the Yankees and things like that. Um uh, I mean, it's starting to get more uh, – starting to be able to pinpoint more uh, more deep into things when it comes to it, uh, you know, like certain drills that are beneficial for others that may not be beneficial to everybody else, right? There, You know, there's different weighted ball drills that can uh, be beneficial for me. I who need that upbeat momentum, uh, this, you know, high-tempo type of guy uh, – Versus like a big donkey, you know, who might be like 6'6", 240. Um, you know, it just kind of varies. Uh, to me, it definitely varies on, you know, how you should do it and the way that it needs to be done uh, for sure. Um, Yeah. So for like, you, when when you like, give us like for the guys that aren't, don't know you, like, give us your size and weight, and you know, comparing to to the, to the big dudes, like, because I know you're a guy that progressively started increasing velocity over the last like four or five, like four or five years. Is that about right? 
Yeah, that's definitely right. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I'm not a big guy at all. You know, I'm 5'11", 185, 190 pounds. Um, I've been up to 195, 200. You know, um, I feel like I best sit around 190 to 195. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and that's uh, for me, like when I listen to that and guys like that, like I always hear people like complain like they can't throw hard because, oh, I'm only 5'10 or 5'11. Why don't you tell us the listeners how hard you're throwing off the bump nowadays? Um, uh, well, I was up to 99 in one of my pins during this blending phase. Uh, and now I've been sitting in anywhere from 94, 96 in bullpens versus in games that used to be like, that was me, that was me topping out in games. And, and now I'm sitting there reaching these PRs and bullpens. So I'm excited to, uh, for this next week, actually, I finally get to start getting like some live ABs. Um, so I'm excited to finally get to like a little bit of a game like atmosphere to see what's going to happen. Hell yeah, absolutely. And to me, like that's, I wanted to ask that question um, because I think it's important for people to realize like you can build your body into throwing hard. You can train to throw hard. Like a lot of people sit back and they go, well, it's easy when you're six, five, you know, and you're throwing absolute ched, you know, it's easy when you have 220 pounds, like you've built yourself into the picture that you are today. Um, and obviously, you know, there was talent that's involved with that, but, you know, from listening to you before, you know, in the podcast before you're, you're a hard worker and you bust your ass to kind of build yourself into that. When you were a senior in college, how hard were you throwing? Uh, I would say I would top at 95 max. Top at 95. Yep. Yeah. And coming out of high school, where, where were you at velocity wise? Uh, I want to say I probably coming out of high school, I probably sat 88 to 90 and I would top at 92. Nice. So 88 to 90 and now you're, you're about up to, to 99. That's, that's pretty cool, especially with the introduction of weighted balls right around your senior year of college. Is that about right? Yes, sir. Awesome. That's good stuff. Um, well, Adam, what do you got, man? Yeah, so, Ryan, let's kind of touch on your base. So, when were you first interested or introduced to the kind of the weighted ball routine, or when did you first hear about it? I got introduced uh, going, in, going into my – it would have been my year going into the AA. So, that was 2014-15, that – that off season slash spring training era. So I was 20. I mean, I got drafted as a senior. So I must have been 23, 20, yeah, 23 or 24 when I got it, when I got introduced to it. And it was pretty, I mean, it was relatively new. I mean, I, I got a call with the Rays. Uh, you know, I was, I had some good numbers behind my staff and everything, but you know, some of the things just didn't translate was my velocity. And that was in high A, uh, so it was kind of like, to me, it's kind of like an ultimatum, like, hey, you got good stuff, but, you know, if, we, if you want to get to the next level, you know, we got something that, that might work, might not. Let's try it out. You know, and it was only a couple of us they invited. And, I mean, definitely made, I mean, turned my career around for sure. So, like, when they first talked to you about it, honestly, what did you feel? Were you a little nervous and scared of trying something that you've never done before, but hoping that that reward will kind of get you to the major league level? Uh, you know, I, you know, you know, so I was a late round guy, man. And, you know, any opportunity I was given, you know, I was just like, I want to play baseball. I want to play baseball. So like, I want to do whatever I can to get that opportunity, you know, and I had some good coaches with the Rays and the minors. And like, I called them both up right when I got the call from the, uh, the pitching coordinator. And I was like, I wasn't skeptical about the weighted balls. I was like more concerned with like, Hey, if I don't do this, you know, like I have no shot, right? Like even if I put up good numbers, like they just don't think it's going to translate. So it's like for me, when I got it, I was more of like, 
this is an ultimatum. Like I got to do this just to get, just to get to that next level. It might work. It might not. But like, if I don't try it, then I know that there's a good chance that I'm not going to have the opportunity to go to the next level. Yeah. You know? that, makes, that makes total sense there. Ryan, kind of do your breakdown of maybe senior high school where you were sitting at and topping and then college and then pro ball. So in high school, you know, I was like your traditional, you know, you're, you're like shortstop guy. So I was a pitcher infielder, you know, I was maybe 88, 89 in high school. I went to FAU, same thing. I started there at second base with pitching a little bit. Um, you know, I didn't leave FAU throwing any harder than 90, 91, maybe, you know, nothing crazy. I just, I ended up starting there. Um, and then my first year in pro ball, I went to the pen league and I got moved from the, from starter to the pen. So out of nowhere, I mean, I was throwing like 94, 95, um, kind of like, you know, I don't know what it was, you know, a little adrenaline, you know, new, new game, you know, not the collegiate game. I'm playing against other, you know, some really good ball players and out of the pen. So it's a little bit more, you know, intense wise. Uh, so I had some good Vila then, um, and then, like, over the, the next two years, my velo kind of was just kind of dipping, you know, kind of consistently. Um, but I, was, I still had, you know, pretty decent numbers. And, uh, you know, it was coming into my double A, supposed to be going to double A. And, that, you know, they gave me the call and they said, hey, you know, you, should, you, may, you might want to do this. You know, we think you're a good candidate. You know, if we can get you so-and-so, you know, velocity – or back where you were, you know, at Hudson Valley, like that'd be great. You know, and we can see you going further from there. Um, so that's, that's basically how I got introduced. And um, I don't know, like I'm thankful for the opportunity they gave me and it definitely worked out for me. Absolutely. You know, so Ryan, I'll, I'll kind of touch on this cause I don't know much about you. I want to try to get as much as we can. What do you like kind of, what are you doing now? Um, and kind of like, what is your routine uh, with, with, you know, when you get into the field and you know, when it comes to, a weighted ball routine, band routine, all those things. And like, how, are you able to maintain the velocity increase that you just talked about right there? Uh, right now it's a little different for me. Cause I'm still kind of, I use the weighted balls now more as like a recovery session mm -hmm. and like endurance wise. So well, it's one thing that I, I took away from weighted balls was, I mean, it got me to a certain point, but I also realized that like, I wasn't getting sore, you know, after throwing an inning after throwing two innings, like, by keeping up those repetitions with some of the recovery work, I had some good shoulder built, uh, power built up. And, like, I was able to throw, you know, days and days and days in a row, you know. Like, I mean, I got when I got called up, there was a time I threw four days in a row with the Rays. And it was like, I, I, I you know, they joked around, but I was okay to going for a fifth day in a row. But, you know, it has <laughs> to be with, with the work that I think those weighted balls and the recovery work that, they, that comes with that, not just the velocity and blending phases was really like what I, what I kind of took away from it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so Keegan, like what, what about your kind of like your, your, your daily routine with them? Like right now, are, are you similar to Ryan or use it for recovery and kind of keeping that speed and endurance and be able to keep going from day to day? Um, like, I, like for me, like listen, I like listening to what you guys have to say. Cause we obviously, we use things a little bit different when we're developing guys to get to college and developing guys in college to pro ball, whereas you guys are already there. Right. Uh, I definitely uh, agree with Ryan on the recovery aspect when it uh, comes to the weighted balls. Uh, I definitely can also touch up on the not getting sore aspect of things because I feel like the, the weighted balls do a very good job 
of uh, helping you recover very well. Uh, but I don't just use them for uh, recovery purposes. I still do like hybrid B and hybrid A days. And that would be like uh, my drills that I do off of the mounds just to make sure that uh, all the work that I've put in, you know, the past few months doing all these weighted ball drills and getting my body to sync up the right way. Um, I don't want to lose that feeling. So I'll, I'll still do like the good hybrid B days, which is at like 60% intent, nothing crazy. Um, just to still feel my body moving in that efficient way. Um, and you know, what hybrid a days, uh, it's more of a, it's not a max effort day, but you know, you're getting after it a little bit more to feel your body moving faster. Like for me, you know, I'm a tempo guy, uh, just to feel the body sync up the right way, how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned all that stuff because we kind of touched on that on the previous episode of there's way more that goes into it than just chunking weighted balls around. So let's approach it now where Keegan, if I'm a, a dad, I walk in and I tell you, I have a 16 year old kid. That's a pitcher. I've heard good things about weighted balls. Like what do I need to understand? What would kind of be your, Hey, we're going to give you some bullet points of what we're going to do to kind of get him to that level. How would you kind of start that whole process if he's never done it before? Um, I would, it would definitely be baby steps for sure. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing would be thrown to me, especially at the age of 16, you know, you're still growing and things like that. Um, I would definitely not have him throw anything over 50% for about two months to two and a half months, uh, to make sure that, you know, his arms timing upright with his body, uh, you know, his lower halves, uh, rotating good on the backside and different things like that. Um, you know, uh, you can do to me, you could do like the reverse throws and pivot picks every day. That That's, that's what I do. Uh, you know, I feel like that's a, that's an exercise that just helps fire up our decelerator, our decelerators and our accelerators, because, you know, our arms can only excel as fast as they can decel. Um, uh, so th those would be kind of some of the bullet points that I would touch on on that, you know, run them through, a. uh, not a blending phase. It's kind of more of like a buildup, you know, kind of like an on-ramping phase. Uh, that would definitely go on for at least two and a half months. And then uh, going from there, you know, just, just to see the progression to if he's progressed enough to start ramping it up more now into a, uh, into like a velo program. Um, but if, if he's not uh, synced up to where he needs to be, okay, yeah, maybe we need to do another four weeks of just the light intent throwing uh, with the weighted balls off of the mound, you know, to, to feel the body sink up and, you know, get your, get your good, you know, hard catch play in, you know, on flat ground, you know, long toss and different things like that. Uh, but when it comes to the weighted ball aspects, um, that's kind of how I would approach it if I was, uh, you know, talking to a 16-year-old. Ryan, what about you? Kind of like how would you approach it and how important is it to – almost like see the athlete throw so you can kind of get a picture of how their mechanics are and how physically strong a kid is. Yeah. So, um, that was a big, a big thing when I talked to the pitching coordinator, when, you know, they invited me, it was only four of us, you know, they didn't just, you know, invite everybody that was throwing, you know, low to mid eighties or, you know, mid to high eighties, whatever. They didn't just invite every, they, they had to look into, you know, the physicality of the person, you know, how like how their body was built right so like i you know i i did really well and there there were there was only two other guys there or three guys but like i could see where like you don't want a you know 
a really low slot, you know, kind of guy throwing, you know, slinging these weighted balls because, you know, to me, it just, I, I think you'd be, you, need, you need to have more of like a power position when you're throwing to be able to throw these weighted balls. And on top of that, I mean, like, none of these kids that they're inviting were, were guys that didn't work out. Like, you know, all they got, like when I was there, like I was, I was working out, you know, just coming out of college, you know? So like I was used to working out, you know, five days in the morning, you know, at FAU. So like I was, you know, I was physically strong. I was short, you know, I was strong, but like I had some, you know, backbone to my, you know, my physical appearance. So like I was, I was a strong dude that could probably handle everything that was going into it. And then like on top of, um, what Keegan kind of mentioned was like the two to three months, like that might seem like a lot, but like if you, if you're jumping into this weighted ball program, like it's not a two month fix and you're going to start throwing. It's like, it's a year long, honestly thing. You take off like your two weeks here in the summer or after, after you've done the season. And I'm, some guys don't even take off any time, you know? Um, it's, it's like, it's like almost like you like, uh, like, a, like a life, you know, choice. Like you're going to do this and you want to keep going, you know, like, and, like, on top of that, man, like, I was, you know, when I had the opportunity to do it with the race, I mean, I was working out hard through the whole blending phases, through the whole weighted ball process. And on top of that, like, I was ice bathing, like, you know, three times, four times a week because, like, I mean, your body, I mean, you're, you're going to be some of these days you're crow hopping, you know, a weighted ball as hard as you can. Like, it takes a toll on your body. And if you're not able to recover, do the proper workouts, and also, like, eat the right meals and put all the fuel in your body, like something's going to give and you're not going to get everything you can out of it. Like, you know, I went into it, you know, full force, like, Hey, like I'm here for this amount of time to do this. I'm, I'm, I, I had to miss spring training that year because I was doing this whole thing. So I knew I was going to miss a month, two months into the double A season. And I wasn't even sure that I was going to get called to double A afterwards. I didn't, I didn't know. Um, but you know, I could put in everything, every, every, every ounce I had into it. I ate well, I, I freaking, like I said, I was ice bathing every day. I was doing my shoulder program as in like the recovery work, like doing everything that I could possibly think of and what they gave me to be ready for this all around body, like change, you know, almost that you're going into when you do this. So like, that's, you know, you know, going into like a 16 year old man, like that's young. And like he said, like, they're still growing. So like I would, you know, along with the two to three months, man, like it's, that's a long process. I would, I would, think of with a 16 year older because they're still growing man and there's no reason to just jump jump right into you know chucking those weighted balls like they really got to get built up yeah that's 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 good stuff and i'm glad you guys both touched on that for me like my you know this is for me is like i i tell guys like let's let's maximize our ability in the weight room let's maximize our plyometrics explosive work once you turn 18 years old you know let's see let's maximize our ability and what we know works the long toss all these things and then we can start like you guys talking like blending in and starting to, to use low weighted balls in a certain way. Like for us, like we use, like you guys are talking about, we do a lot of reverse throws. We do a lot of recovery decelerator work with them. Um, you know, scat movement. We do a lot of things to strengthen the shoulder joint and strengthen everything around it. But Ryan, could you break down, like when you showed up to do this program and obviously, like you said, you missed, you missed spring training. Um, when you showed up, like what kind of mobility assessment, what kind of things did they do with you first before introducing uh, that what you were going to do and then how long was it, how long was that process like in totality? And when did you first start seeing results when you started doing it? So I, they told me to come in in January. So I was there, you know, two weeks after the new year 
And so I was through January, through February, and through March. And so that whole time, I was just doing weighted ball stuff. So I wasn't really on the mound. So after I kind of completed the whole weighted ball work, then I had to do mound work. So that's where that second month came in place where to get my innings and, you know, an extended spring training and to get all that stuff. So that's why I didn't go to, you know, I didn't go to double A until, you know, two months after spring training technically ended. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was there, we got, we got assessed, we got the normal assessment that they do kind of like every year, you know, they get your mobility works. They see how far your thoracic mobility is. Is it good? Is it bad? What do you need to work on? Quad dominant, you know, hamstring dominant, like what it, what it is. Um, all that same stuff that they, they kind of do now, like with the, I forget like the, uh, the actual name of the company or that, that they go through and do this stuff. Um, and they go into a weight test and see where your, uh, your strength is with squatting and overhead or whatever, all your presses and pulls and stuff like that. Um, and then we built in slow. I think I was throwing only three times a week, but I was working out four times a week and then kind of flip flopped to throwing four times a week to working out three times a week. Um, and on top of that, like I said, I was, I was ice bathing every chance I could to just keep recovery, keep it going. Um, slowly built up to basically crow hopping a weighted ball, seven ounce and an eight ounce and a nine ounce ball into a net, you know, from like, you know, six fifty feet away. Um, and I, I had like a steady increase of velocity going in probably like in the first, like end of the first month, we started ramping it up and I had a steady increase. And then I kind of hit a, I was telling Keegan there, like when he was asking me about it, I kind of hit like a plateau where like, my velo dropped, like not tremendously, but it dropped and it kind of plateaued for about a week and a half. And I think what I was telling Keegan is I think for me, it was just my body was like, whoa, like a lot, a lot of work just went on. Let's like, let's recover right here. You know, a week, week and a half, still did my work. This didn't feel right, but like I, something was going on. After that week and a half, my velo jumped up to like, you know, I was crow hopping those balls, you know, 105, 110 miles an hour. Um, and that's where I saw the big increase, you know. Um, and even even then, man, it was uh, it wasn't like a, it wasn't just for me like throwing the balls at that speed. Like I think Keegan kind of talked about it being like an aggressive pitcher, being those fast tempo guys. Like for me, I also think it helped me get back into being that aggressive guy, that guy like, all right, here it comes. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one. Like I'm gonna have like full intent behind it. You know, like when I got called up, I, I was, I was kind of that guy or when I got, when I got, sorry, when I got signed, I was that guy. And then I kind of had a little, little too many walks, you know, what they told me. So like I had the mindset of, Oh, maybe I got to hit the, I got to hit the play a little often, more often. Right. So like, maybe I was backing down a little bit. So it got me back to being that aggressive kind of thrower, you know, constantly doing the crow hops and throwing and pulling and everything as hard as you can. The mental aspect of being aggressive was another, you know, great aspect of it. And what did you end up – how much did you end up increasing in velocity from that program that you were in? You were in the Rays organization when that happened, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, like – so, the year before, I mean, I was I was rearing back and throwing, like, as hard as I could. I was, like, 86, 87, 88. I don't know why. I just was. <laughs> and uh, I remember some, one of the pitching coaches in the, at Port Charlotte, he was like, you know, maybe it's just because you're getting old. And I was like, man, I'm, like, 23. Like, this is not the reason, right? <laughs> This can't be the reason. Uh, 
so I, yeah, I got bumped back up and I was, I got caught up double A after the whole thing. And, uh, I was sitting like 93 and then next year I got, I was started at triple A and I was, I ended up throwing 90, I was just 95, uh, 93 to 95. And I took that into the, you know, to the big leagues. And I think I, I think I hit 96 a couple of times, you know, and then uh, from there kind of stayed the same. And then I had, I had like hip surgery later on and that kind of dropped some, dropped some, you know, abuelo and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I definitely got an increase and I definitely think that, I mean, without that increase, regardless of how good my stuff was, it was like, you know, I was a reliever. I was, you know, you're not going to, you know, you don't see a lot of short, you know, righties throwing, you know, high 80s and out of the pen, you know, maybe a starter, but not as, you know, not as the pen. So that's awesome yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, Keegan, with you, when you started, you said your senior year, you were right around like you were touching 95. How long was it when you started doing the weighted ball program? Um, that you started really, I, I guess I should say before versus when you actually started doing the program that you really kind of peaked out like velocity wise. And actually, I mean, you said you're throwing 99, so maybe that's, maybe you're not peaked out yet. Maybe you'll be popping a 102 <laughs> soon. Who knows? <laughs> um, so whenever I got into the weighted ball program, uh, I did like a blending phase for about, uh, I want to say 10 weeks. Uh, I'm in an on-ramping phase for about 10 weeks, just, you know, getting everything timed up right. And then I jumped into the VLO program. You know, they thought I was ready for it, so they said, okay, let's do it. Um, I want to say I got uh, – during the VLO program, I jumped – I think my PR week was around like week four out of week six. Uh, that's whenever I got up to 102 with the walking wind-ups, 105 on the step-behinds. Um, and then, like, week five and week six, you know, the ball was still coming out, like, really well. You know, it just wasn't uh, – kind of like Ralph Ryan was saying earlier, you know, it just wasn't – it's like my body was just saying, hey, you know, we you've just been, you know, so strenuous on my body, you know, on your body, you know, for so long. Uh, you know, but, you know, I was, you, like Ryan said, you know, taking ice baths, you know, just doing everything I could to possibly recover every single day to get back out there. Uh, week five and week six, I kind of dropped a little bit on the – walking windups and uh and the step behinds not much but like the the velo was still there but you know it just didn't feel as it just didn't feel like the the life was behind it coming out uh so then i had like a little deload week and then i got into this blending phase actually getting able to throw a baseball now like uh, you know because you know i haven't actually thrown a baseball off the mound yet uh so i got in this blending phase uh like the first two or three weeks or actually like the first week, uh, you know, it just felt like my arm was just kind of like lagging behind or whatever. And then uh, week two, man, everything, it just, it just like clicked. Uh, everything just started jumping out really well. Uh, that's whenever I hit the PR in the bullpen was in week two. Uh, you know, and then, you know, week three and week four, you know, I was still sitting 95, 96 in the pins, uh, doing pretty well. Um and then it's just like, you know, my arm just hit like, hit another like, whoa, you know, you know, you've been really hard, really hard. And, uh, you know, I was just rearing back trying to throw it as hard as I could, you know, and I was just sitting 93. Um, so, you know, now I'm into like this deload week to get my arm, you know, ready to bounce back uh, to start with these, uh, these live BPs that I get to get into now here coming up, you know, building the spring training. 
Um, so that, that's kind of, you know, where I peaked and like different things like that. Yeah, that makes so much sense, too, on how you blended it all together. Guys, how much is this, like, talked about among you guys in the bullpen when you are sitting down there and during the game while the game's going on? Like, are you all talking about doing weighted ball stuff or what do you do in the offseason? And I, I just know that when guys mention the word weighted balls, you always get a reaction of, like, oh, I don't know. It's like, you can't say that. Like, that could be something dangerous and bad there. So I just want to know, like, how often do you guys talk about this with either teammates or guys that are still playing this game? What about you, Keegan? Um, for like in season, uh, you know, I'm not the guy that really talks a whole lot in the bullpen. Uh, I'm always the kind of the guy that's kind of like watching the game, kind of seeing like how the starters are getting people out and different things like that. Uh, you know, just kind of, you know, managing the game and watching it to see, okay, this is kind of like the situation, you know, where, you know, that's my time, you know, getting loose in between innings and different things like that. Um, I would say more of like the talk about like weighted ball things, different stuff like that Adam is more on the like off-season type of stuff and maybe like into the clubhouse like here and there type things um I would definitely say like like in games down in the bullpens you know like for me you know like we don't really talk a whole lot about uh that type of things like in game and different things like that uh but I mean the way the ball program it, it, it definitely gets discussed like for sure like I mean I've sat down and talked for hours, you know, with guys after games, you know, not leaving the not leaving the field till almost midnight, you know, just trying to, especially whenever we were, you know, with the Yankees just getting introduced to all this new stuff, uh, you know, a lot of us would sit down and be like, oh, God, you know, some of the guys were kind of skeptical about it, you know, and some guys like me were like, all right, hell yeah, let's do this um, type of deal. You know, that's kind of how it is from my aspect. Yeah, Ryan, when you were first introduced, you said it was just you and three other guys that got introduced to the throw the weighted ball stuff. If you had to guess now, say there's a a twelve man kind of uh, between bullpen and starting rotation, how many guys do you think are doing a current off season like weighted ball program? If you had to guess, oh man, honestly, I don't know a lot of. I mean, your power starters, your power starters definitely, definitely do. I mean, and I would say. Your majority of your righties out of the pen, absolutely, dude. The only, I mean, the only guys I think are might, that won't be in the pen that are doing that kind of stuff is like, you know, your your lefties that are not that are not power lefties. You know, they're your guys that are spinning the ball a lot and, you know, just playing that lefty game. Um, yeah, man, I would say if I had to put a percentage on it out of the pen, whew, I mean, I would say honestly, close. To, I mean, close to eighty percent of those guys, man, like. I mean, I know, man, now, now, especially everyone's throwing 95, 98 and out of the pen. It's, it's no new thing, but they're all, they're all kind of doing that kind of stuff, you know? Um, all your power guys, I mean, I always hear about it. Now, I don't know about uh, the Latinos because some of those guys just throw fuel anyway, you know? I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on over there in the, uh, the academies, but I know, like, you know, all the Americans uh, – and then, I mean, there are some Latinos. I know, I know a couple of Latinos that do it. They do like recovery work, like once or twice a week during the season. You know, they're doing some weighted ball stuff. And I mean, yeah, I, I definitely easily, easily the majority, without a doubt. Nice. That's good. That's that's good info. And for for me and for for Adam and I, like you know, for me when when a street the coast perspective, we were just talking about this. Is I want my first goal is keep guys healthy. 
Um, and I want to make sure guys are healthy. I want to make sure guys will be able to repeat and, and do what they need to do day in and day out. And you guys were talking about that and, and talk about you guys both like you kind of peaked and then you kind of kind of dropped a little bit. And, and from everything on the research that I've seen, it's like that is probably that that jump was probably the neural adaptation. And then when you deloaded your gives your time, your body time to acclimate and then kind of maybe you're ready to increase and, and be consistent at that velocity. It sounds like to me listening to you guys talk and, and I'll kind of ask you first, Keegan, like um, the recovery work seems like it's the most important. It's the thing that allows you to do the stuff in day in, day out. Um, saying that, what, give me an example of like the recovery work and the stuff that you do as, as part of your daily routine. Okay. So every single day uh, for, I have a band series that I do. Uh, it'd be three, I either do two sets or three sets. Um, a lot of the times, you know, I just kind of, you know, how's my body feeling this and that. Uh, like if I feel like I need that extra set, that third set, you know, to get a little bit more into that, I'll do that. But, but uh, I'll go through rebounders. Uh, I'll do some body blade stuff, the, the band series, and I just keep that continuously going. Like once I'm done with the other, I, I go right to the next. Once I'm done with that, I go right to the next. So it's a continuous cycle. You know, the blood's rushed through the, you know, through your body, bringing oxygen, you know, to, to go ahead and start promoting that healing. Um, and then, you know, the weight room for me is, I think, you know, helps your body recover as well. Uh, getting in there and then into the weight room and doing, you know, a, a good leg day, uh, you know, with some good pulls and some good pushes in there as well. Uh that, that's kind of like what I do on, on a daily basis when it comes to the uh, recovery aspect. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ryan? Like what, what I know you said that right now, like the majority of your stuff is recovery now, as opposed to, to really working on that um, velocity development, kind of run us through what you're doing on a, on a recovery stuff consistently. Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty much doing what Keegan's in, except the, you know, the whole blending and throwing down the hill, doing the more intense uh, way to ball stuff. So, I mean, like every day when I'm when I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna do the reverse throws before. I'm gonna do some band. I do a whole band circuit before, and I also do some forearm stuff. And and then afterwards, it's pretty much the same thing I did. I started the day with, but I just I basically do two of them. So like double the whole sets of forearm work, band work, reverse throws, like all that same stuff, you know. And then uh, on like a bit, the big part of it to me is is the gym, man. Like. Um, I'm lucky enough that my wife's a strength coach. So she, she's got a really good insight of like what to do, when to, when to like, you know, excel at cer certain things and when to deload. And like, I'm going to throw an intense bullpen on Monday. Like I want to do an, a, a dynamic day on Sunday to be prepared for my like, so I've got some good, good, uh, good help behind my back with that, some, that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, being in the, in the weight room is a really good part of your recovery on top of the part of getting stronger as well. Yeah. And, and when it comes to, and you, you mentioned the forearm stuff and you both did, and I'll, I'll have you guys both answer, answer this. I'll start with you, Ryan, like UCL injuries are, are higher than they've ever been. What kind of forearm stuff do you guys do for recovery and, and to kind of help protect your UCL and uh, do your organizations specifically talk about that? And, and how do they teach you guys to take care of your elbow or if they do at all? Uh, most, most organizations will have a certain uh, shoulder program. They're going to run you through. Um, you know, during the season, uh, it's usually some people do it the days they throw after they throw, or some people just do it every, you know, every three days, they'll just do it. Um, so, you know, every organization has got a different one. Um, 
I've been around for a little bit. So like, I kind of have my own that I go to and, you know, everyone's cool with that. Um, my cousin's also a physical therapist. I've always gone to her for some certain things. So I use the, uh, yeah, flex bar. Have you seen those blue, like flex bars? Yeah. I do a lot of, I do a lot of, a lot of, uh, what's the word like eccentric stuff with that. So I'll bend it and just slowly eccentric on the mm-hmm. way up. Same thing with the revert with the, with the wrist curl, hold it eccentric on the way down opposite. I do a lot of eccentrics with that, with the forearm stuff. Hold out, hold a bat out with weight on top, eccentric, 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 same thing. So whenever you're doing eccentric stuff or ISO stuff, you're you're really you're going for that tendon work. You're not doing any muscle work. It's all for your tendons there. Um, and then after after I do all that, there's a couple of stretches I put my hand on the wall, some neck neck lifts opposite way. Um, and that's what that's what I've gone to, and it's usually it's, it's been very good for me. Absolutely. What about you, Keegan? What are you kind of focusing on with the elbow? Uh, to me, you know, I, I like to do a lot of grip strength stuff. Uh, so I'll, I'll grab like a 35 pound plate, you know, in both hands, you know, uh, sit there and try and hold it for just over a minute. I, I try and shoot for like a minute and 15 seconds. Uh, try and do that two to three times. Uh, I do a lot of the, uh, my internal and external rotation with bands, uh, when it comes to that stuff. Um, uh, to me, like my, I'm not a guy like my forearms never really like kind of like bothered me. Uh, just the stuff that I've always done in the weight room has kind of always uh, made my forearm feel fine. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of, you know, uh, rice buckets, uh, you know, doing, you know, clockwise for, you know, 45 seconds and then going counterclockwise for 45 seconds, you know, just sitting there gripping it. Um, I'm a huge fan of farmers, you know, farmer carries. Uh like to me like to me for what makes my forearm recover the best i think is like a lot of like the grip strength stuff um that never really seems to like make my forearm tight or anything like that and then you know every day i do you know i foam roll the cross ball i get in there uh roll out my forearm every single day when it comes to that um i do some eccentric stuff like ryan's talking about i do that with the rice barrels though or the rice buckets um, and also touching up on the shoulder program, like Ryan said, uh, yeah, we have shoulder programs and, and things like that, but you know, like I've, I've found out what's, what works best for me. And so like, that's kind of like what I run with, you know, and I've taken bits and pieces from our shoulder program that we do with the Yankees. And I've also taken bits and pieces, uh, you know, of things that I've even seen Ryan do. I don't even know if he, if he knows that, you know, and I've kind of started incorporating that into the things that I do. Uh, and different things like that. And that's kind of what helps me recover with the forearm the most. Yeah. And watching watching both of you guys kind of go through your routines. I sit back from afar and it's so impressive to see what you guys do to get ready to throw the baseball. And can y'all kind of elaborate on how important it is that your body is ready to go before you pick up that ball? I think so many young kids and dads and coaches, and they just don't understand how important that stuff is. They all want to run off a clock of, hey, we've got 10 minutes, so hurry up and start getting loose so the kid grabs the balls and start playing catch. And you kind of both kind of go through your pre-throwing routine if you know maybe you have a bullpen that night or a game that night or if it's just you're getting your regular throwing in like in the offseason. Can you kind of discuss that? Keegan, I'll start with you. Right. So to me, Adam, like, you know, being like a bullpen guy, you know, I treat it every day as if as if I'm going to get into the game. Right. 
So I always start off with uh, my hip mobilities, and then I go into my shoulder mobilities. Um, then I go into my dynamic, and then, you know, my, my band series and weighted balls. So with all of that being said, you know, I, I think it's, you know, even with Ryan, you know, me and Ryan, you know, communicate whenever we would go throw, right? You know, I went ahead and told Ryan, I was like, you know, you know it takes me about an hour, hour and a half, you know, and before I'm ready to throw a baseball because, you know, I'm – stuck on that routine of, you know, I need to do this every single day because in the bullpen, you know, you don't really necessarily know what day you're going to throw, right? You know, it could be the situations that you're throwing into the game, uh, you know, may come earlier than than some or it may not even come that day, right? So, you know, I just want to always be prepared for whenever my name's called to give myself, you know, the best opportunity going out there. You know, I want to set myself up for success. So, I definitely say it takes me anywhere from an hour, hour and a half to to get fully loose and to get fully ready before our before I'm even picking up a baseball. And that's great stuff because I can promise you somebody right now is like, holy cow, he does an hour before he even touches the ball. Like that's incredible, incredible right there. But that's also why you're successful. You have an healthy arm and you're throwing hard. Ryan, what was kind of a, it's your throwing routine that you get ready to do every day? Yeah, so I'm one of those guys that's not – you know, that's not that long, you know, Keegan's up there. Um, Cause he'll like, you know, we're going to throw a 10 Keegan's going to be there at nine. I'm probably gonna show up at like nine 40. So I got like a 20 minute routine. Um, there's a reason behind it. You know, there's, you know, in the bullpen, you know, you're not going to have, you know, an hour when you get your name called to go throw, like you gotta be ready in eight pitches. So the good thing about the bullpen is that you can get, you can, you can start working, you know, in the second inning doing your, you know, he can do his hip stuff all throughout the game be ready to go. Um, I'm just a guy I get there. I, I do a, a normal general war, uh, warm up, you know, jog, reverse, reverse, uh, reverse lunges, forward lunges. Um, and then I'll do some lunges with some rotation. And then I do a little bit of CNS prep to get your nervous system going, which is really the big thing about getting your body going. Uh, then I run into some band stuff. So my stuff that like, takes me 20 minutes and I'm, I'm pretty much ready to go for that. But like, that's something that I've, you know, accumulating my body to get ready for because I want to be ready as fast as I can. So, like, you know, normally in the season, it's like the fifth inning, depending on how the, you know, the starter's going. It's like, all right, I'm going right now. Let's get through my workout. Let's get the CNS going. Boom, I'm ready to go. I hop on the mound, eight pitches. Like, all right, that's it. Like, I'm good to go because, you know, you just never know how much time you have to get going. And it's one of those things, you know, I've learned along the way. I've, I've gotten called and I've gotten, you know, I've thrown one ball in the bullpen and the, on the mound and the next call is two seconds after and like, Hey, you know, Garton, you ready to go? And <laughs> you're not going to say, you know, you're not, you're not going to say no. Right. So like, you know, you learn, you learn these things. And, um, uh, I was a starter before, so I had a longer routine, you know, routine. I was, I used to run poles before the game just to get ready, you know, um, it's just one of those things that I've, I've accumulated my, my body that treat it a little differently, but what I do, is good for me and I get ready and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I have a sweat going after that, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of, of warming up. So it's definitely important. You can't, I mean, some of these young kids, you know, they are young and they're, they're flexible. They're ready to go right out of the bat. And that's, that's great and all, but I mean, you're, you're talking about possible injuries easy, you know, when that stuff kind of comes, that comes out. Cause you can, you can hop on the mound and throw or in the bullpen and throw a ball as hard as you can, but, 
when you get on the mound with a batter in there, there's a little bit, there's going to be a little bit more intent behind it, a little bit more aggressiveness. And if your body's not ready for that little slight more adjustment to that 5% more, you know, that, that could be where, you know, the injuries happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listening to your guys' routine, especially, you know, listening to you, Keegan, you know, and in order to be able to do what you guys are going to do and talk about the recovery and be able to do everything back to back to back to back, you got to have that consistent routine. You got to have the volume. You got to have your deloads. You got to be able to adjust. And, and for you guys, you've been doing this for a long period of time. So you guys know your bodies. Um, and I think that's one thing that with, with young guys and, and guys in college too, like, I mean, we were in college back in the day, like we were just trying to, you know, hit, hit the ball hard and run fast. Like we didn't know what we were doing half the time. You know, and when you get the science and start learning your body behind it and understanding why certain things work, that goes such a long way. But, you know, with this spring, and I, I was kind of talking to some of my old LT guys and some of my old um, uh, Bulls players, um, kind of how's everything getting ready for you guys right now? With I know with COVID and everything, I'm, I'm kind of curious to what you guys are doing. I know, Keegan, you said you're getting ready to do some, some live ABs here soon. Like, kind of what's on the schedule? Some things still up in the air? Like, what's, what's kind of going on with you right now, Keegan? Uh, right now, um, we just had a zoom not too long ago. They are saying, uh, report dates still, still shooting for April 1st. Um, not sure exactly how many guys are going to bring down right off the bat. Uh, they're still waiting on MLB to come out with, uh, COVID-19, uh, like protocol manual for us. Um, so, you know, we're still kind of waiting to hear about that. Uh, as, you know, they're telling us as much information, you know, as they're getting. Um, so right now, you know, I, I'm, I'm prepared to go ahead and, you know, hopping on that flight and heading down to Tampa April 1st. Um, that's what I'm right now. Like I said, you know, that's just what my mindset right now, because, you know, that's that's all I know. And mm -hmm. I've also heard the first day of camp's going to be like April 5th. So I'm assuming, you know, they're going to, you know, start bringing guys down in small increments, probably starting April 1st, leading up to the 4th, getting everybody in for COVID tests, uh, blood works, physicals, you know, the whole nine yards. Gotcha. What's going on with you, Ryan? What kind of, what's your schedule like? I'm currently still a free agent. So, you know, I'm just trying to, trying to wait it out, you know, see where my, um, you know, my possibilities lie. So, you know, people, my buddy just got, he just signed the other day. So, you know, just kind of waiting around, um, still working out, you know, just kind of slowing down on the throne right now, just to make sure that, you know, I, I don't over exceed myself at a, you know, at some point. So uh, just trying to just stay focused, you know, go to the gym, get my recovery in, make sure that I'm healthy, do what I can to be ready for when that call happens. Um, and, you know, just had this, just hoping for the best and hoping just for an opportunity. So, Good stuff. Yep. yep. That's awesome stuff right there. And kind of my last question here towards the end that I want to approach you guys. So say I'm, let's go back. I'm the 16 year old. I just finished up my high school. Then I played some summer ball and now I really want to try to make that, that velocity jump, so to speak. So say I come in, I'm ready to make a six month commitment. I'll bust my butt five days a week. And just to try to hope to gain two to four, whatever it is, mile per hour. Ryan, kind of how would you put a game plan together for him? Not You don't have to break it down what you would do exactly for six months, but what would be some key points you would hit on? He's just coming off his summer season to get ready. So when he steps on the field February 20th to play his high school game, what are some things that you would really like harp in on to try to get him to that level of reaching a little bit more velocity? Mm -hmm. 
I would say the first thing is he's got to come down to Heisler Heat. That'd be the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he's got to be ready to make a commitment. So he's got to be full in. You know, I remember my, uh, my mom and my dad both tell me a simple phrase, and I'll probably mess it up, but like, you know, to be a professional athlete, to be, you know, one of the best, because I mean, every year it's getting more competitive, more competitive. Like you have to have, you know, you only can have like two, two, uh, two things. It's like, you got to put one of these things or out of the, out of the two things, the three things, you got to put one of these things away. And like your social life, like it, it kind of goes away. Cause you got to have academics and then you want, you want to be bad, you know, in the sports world. So like the third thing is your social life. And that's like, I mean, you talk to some of these, these crazy athletes and it's like, you, you don't realize how much time they actually put into their sport. You know, these guys, their social lives really aren't that, you know, extraordinary because they're putting so much time into baseball or football or whatever it is that they, they're doing. So that's the first thing is like, I mean, you know, all of us playing baseball, like I never personally experienced a spring break in my entire life. Never have always been playing ball. Right. All my friends, all y'all's friends, everyone's friends go to spring break, have a good time. Um, that was never me. You know, I was always putting time into baseball. So like, you got to be able to, ready to have that commitment. And, you know, that's, that's hard for some people, and, you know, and then you can't be mad when, you know, the guy across the street, you know, is doing a little bit better than you because he's possibly putting in more time than you. Uh, that's one of the things that, you know, I was always told at a young age and, you know, I've, I've kind of, you know, I've, my social life has, wasn't, wasn't what, what, you know, people thought, thought it out to be, you know, um, just a lot of baseball, man, a lot of baseball, but, uh, yeah, you gotta be ready to make a commitment. And then you also have to have the mindset of like, you know, going, you know, full throttle into this thing, not, not half, you know, half assing it, so to speak, you know, you want to be, you want to be in it and be in it. You know, you don't want to just do a little bit here, a little bit there. Like, I mean, if you're doing a six month program, man, like you, you can't take off a week. Like it, it just, you just can't. Cause then what's the whole point of doing a six month program? Like it's tough, man. It's, it's, it's a tough commitment, but you know, that's why you only have a, you know, a handful of the greats because they're able to make those tough commitments. So to me, man, the first thing is, it's just honestly your overall commitment and that's where it starts. And then if you can stay with that, I mean, you can come in, get some kind of work in day in and day out, man. Like you're going to be a better athlete. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but I mean, over a whole whole course of six months, man, like a lot can change if you put in the time. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like we always say, if it was easy, everybody would be doing this. And it's not, you have to give up some things. Keegan, how would you kind of approach that? Um, Definitely, you're going to have to start by coming down to Heisler Heat, like Ryan said, because, I mean, we just get after it here every single day, no doubt about it. Um, But uh, touching up on what Ryan said, man, you know, it's just the dedication aspect of things. Like, you know, like I've never had a spring break my entire life. I can't remember one time I went to spring break and did something like that because, you know, it was always baseball. Um, and you have to be, you have to be okay with that. You have to know that at the end of the day, right? Like, yeah, whenever we're younger and things like that, you know, we're competing against kids that are just, you know, in the United States, right? But, you know, once you get introduced to pro ball, right, it's, it's a global thing. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we do things here different in the United States, you know, uh, versus, uh, you know, other places like that, right? So, you know, like Ryan said, you know, it's, it's a dedication type thing, man. You know, like 
how many days, how many times in the week are you going to be in the weight room? Uh, you know, uh, instead of going out to the movie that night with, you know, all your buddies, are, are you going to be staying in and getting that, that 10 hours of sleep, you know, with that good meal that you needed versus going to the movies and eating that candy and that popcorn and drinking that soda, right? You know, are you going to, to me, like, like Ryan hit it out of the ballpark when it comes to that. Like, it's, like, that's what it is, man. Like, if like if you're that kid that's 16 years old, right, and and you want to get to that, that two to four to the six-mile-an-hour jump, right, like, how willing are you going to be to be able to want to do that? Because at the end of the day, like, you can't point fingers and say, oh, well, I just wasn't good enough. Well, you also have to sit there and look yourself in the mirror. How much time did I put? into myself how much time did i invest into myself right and like, like ryan said you know there's only a handful of greats because like those guys are just so dedicated to things you know like people think that all these you know big time guys you know go do whatever they want to do you know during the off season and things like that they have no idea that you know, those guys might take like one week, two weeks off max, and then they're right back in the lab focusing on, you know, what they need to do to even get better, you know, versus, you know, if, am I weak on the mental side, you know, or am I strong on the mental side? Am I weak on the weight room side? Or, you know, there, there's a whole, you know, there's always room for improvement. And, you know, and, and my motto, you know, and I've always ran with this my entire life is never be satisfied. Like you can't sit there and be satisfied one day and be like, okay, that I'm okay with being this good. Like to me, like that's not okay. I don't want to have that mindset. I don't want to surround myself with people that have that type of mindset. Um, I'm always the type of guy who, who sets goals that are almost like, like unattainable in a way, right. To, to, to keep me going. Like, and I've even talked to Chris, uh, our mental conditioning guy. Um, you know, I talked, called him like not too long ago. Cause I, I was, I was finding myself getting frustrated in a way. And he was like, well, what are you getting frustrated at? You know? And I started telling him a couple of my goals and he was like, well, do you think those, that those are even obtainable? And I was like, well, you know, probably not. But I mean, you know, that always keeps me, keeps me moving. And, you know, that's what, whenever I wake up that, you know, wake up the next day, like that's what I'm striving for. And that's what I'm pushing to get, you know? And, and if I hit one of those goals, okay, well, I have to look myself in the mirror and say, was that goal way too easy that I set for myself? Or was that something that I could look back on and say that I busted my ass for, you know, an entire year and finally got to where I wanted to be type deal. So it, it, it all, it all falls back on, on the one word and it's commitment. You know, how committed are you going to be to it? You know, and that, I loved hearing both your guys' perspectives because I, I, I think it's a perfect way to end it right there because, you know, it's one thing to say things. It's one thing to say you're going to do things, but it's a completely different ball game to actually be that person day in and day out and live that life. Like not taking your screen breaks, not missing the time because people look at a program and say, I'm going to do this for six months. Not understanding that, you know, if you miss one week of each month, you're missing 25% of your work. You know, I miss a, a couple of things here and there. People don't don't look at it like that and everything it builds up and, and talking about attaining goals and stuff. And I, I'm a firm believer, 
you have to set unrealistic expectations. If you set modest goals, modest goals are for average people. If you want to be an average person, average people, you know, the world needs average people too. But, you know, people with that other mindset, we're going to be kicking your ass and taking names. Like that, that's like, that's the attitude that you got to have. Um, and, and with you guys, obviously, you know, we're all athletes. I'm an old weekend warrior. I'm an old has been that would have, could have, should have. Right. You know, you guys are a different level. So, but like, with that mindset, like, I know that like you guys being athletes, I would assume you, you guys probably carry that to every aspect of your life. Like you want to be great at everything you do in life. You want to carry that over. You want to be a great husband, you know, a great son, whatever it is, you can correlate that work ethic and what you do as a, as a ball player or, you know, that war between yourself and the mirror um, to get to that next level. And I love hearing people talk about that stuff because it's, it's everybody's different. Everybody has their own struggles. Everybody has their own motivation. I love um, I love negative when people say negative things because it just makes me want to my personally you know to conquer the, those negative things and I know you guys are probably the same. If somebody says, "Hey, you can't do something," you're like, <laughs> "Okay, dude, I'm watching me do it." Like that's that's just the mindset. Um, but is there anything else you guys guys want to kind of close out with before we get rolling? I, I thought about this when we were just talking about this subject um, a couple years ago. Kershaw had like a quote about he pulled somehow he pulled out a negative of of going to the playoffs, which is like ridiculous, right? The guys in the playoffs and he pulls his negative out. And he goes, yeah, you know, when we're in the playoffs, I am now after the, after the playoffs, I am three weeks, four weeks behind the guys that stopped. So I have to catch up. So he was already thinking that like, he's in the playoffs or, you know, after the playoffs, he's like, man, like, dude, these guys have a month head start on me. Like I got to get better. And this is, this is Clint Kershaw. He's going to be a hall of famer, right? It's like, those kind of mindsets is ridiculous, but like, that's what it takes, man. Like, that's what it takes. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a you know, coincidence that this guy's as good as he is, you know? Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent right there. You know, you got to have that mentality, but like, you know, and we, we all watch, we talk about all the time like that Michael Jordan documentary that happened almost a year ago, like elite athletes have very similar mindsets. And I think it's why a lot of elite athletes get along, but a lot of times you see guys not getting along because of that mindset. And that, that applies to a lot of things. And as we know in the clubhouse, there's certain dudes that you get along with, certain dudes you do not. For me, it was always the guys that tried to ride along and was right here. I, I, I could never get along with guys like that. But, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, hey, guys, we really appreciate you guys uh, hopping on here. And, and especially, you know, the way to ball stuff, like for, for us, and we touched about our, our feelings toward everything. And there's more than one way to skin a cat. There's so many ways. I love hearing the background of the story, especially with you, Ryan, like, hearing what it did for you and like, Hey, we're going to bring four guys here. We're going to test this out. And Keegan, it seems like it's been progressively increasing and there's even more gains to come. And, um, and Brian, man, I hope, hopefully you get that phone call here soon. Get ready to rock and roll. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. But man, I, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you for taking the time and, and, and filling us with, uh, you know, as much of your knowledge as possible to kind of help us grow the game and, and help young athletes kind of understand that mentality, especially towards the end. That was my favorite part. Is that, is there anything else you want to touch on before we roll out? No, thanks for coming on, guys, and sharing your stories, man. I know the guys in the facility as well as the listeners to this, is it's, it's eye-opening, and it just kind of puts everything into a whole perspective, and that's what makes you guys special, makes you guys you. So thank you for spending some time with us. We really enjoyed it. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, until next time, we'll see you guys later.